Um, today's topic is going to be, do men know when they're being abused? Now, this is something that I'm very passionate about myself because um, I noticed that there's quite a difference in the dialogue and the rhetoric when we're talking about uh, abuse, any forms, whether it's psychological, emotional, physical, sexual. Um, and there's a huge difference when we're talking about male perpetrators or female perpetrators. Um, one of the biggest differences that I noticed, uh, you know, when we're coming to, you know, we'll look at slapping, for example. Um, you know, if a guy were to come to you and say, oh, you know, I just slapped my girlfriend. Well, that's an issue. That's not very, you know, I'd call the police on him. Hello, are you okay? Um, but a girl comes to you and says, oh, I slapped my boyfriend. And, you know, she's probably going to get a high five, a good job, a, something along the lines, right? We've kind of formulated it into this form of empowerment, which is quite confusing. Um, as well as when we're talking about sexual abuse, there's a huge, huge difference there. Uh, you know, I as a girl, we often hear that every girl we know um, has been sexually harassed or sexually abused. And that rings true for me. However, every guy that I know has also experienced sexual abuse or some form of sexual harassment, but the rhetoric, even when they're disclosing their trauma, is so different. Um, for example, it's often met with humor. Uh, you know, a guy will say, oh yeah, you know, I was 11 and this 16-year-old <laughs> was really trying to diddle me, and there'll be like this humor, this laughter that comes with it, but a girl says the same thing and like, there's no humor. In fact, if she was laughing, we'd be like, oh my gosh, uncomfortable, right? So I'm just going to leave it open for anybody to add any, uh, any thoughts, if you guys wish. And I'm going to go make my daughter a peanut butter sandwich. I will be listening, so feel free to hit your mic on button and add any thoughts you have. Don't be shy. It's okay. There's a button on your bottom left screen. It says mic on if you have any thoughts. Um, and if you don't and you just want to wait a second, that's okay too. Okay, I'm back. I guess everybody's feeling a little bit shy today. That's okay. Hopefully <coughs> somebody will ding in with some input. Um, a big question that I typically get asked, uh, you know, as a men's rights advocate and as somebody who's very passionate about the topic of uh, male victims of abuse, 
Uh, one thing that I get asked quite often is, you know, what's the reason that so many men don't know why they're being abused? And, you know, the simplest answer for me would probably go back to that rhetoric, right? We don't really leave a whole lot of space in society um, for men to be victims. And even that word alone, the word victim, it has this tone of weakness to it. But what I try to let people remember is that, you know, you can be a victim, but you don't have to victimize yourself. You know, there's a very big difference. You can experience something at which you were a victim, but you can also choose to take that and do something better with it. You can choose to, um, you can choose to do anything you want with it. Um, so there's a big difference there. And when it comes to, you know, masculinity, vulnerability and things like that don't really fit into that description when it comes to society, being a victim, uh, you know, like I said, vulnerability, emotional, those things just don't fit into society's box on what they deem masculine and acceptable. And at the end of the day, this is so damaging because there's lots of positions of power where men can find themselves at the opposite end of. You know, for example, I shared a video of, you know, Steve Harvey talking about when he was 11 and this 16 year old girl who was beating up him and all the other kids in the community, the boys, she grabbed him off his bike, threw him up against the garage and was like, you're going to kiss me and really aggressively kissed him. And he said that it bothered him. It said he fucked him up. And that girl came on his show and called him out. And everybody was just laughing hysterically. And they were having, I understand that it's hard to decipher the difference when it's a comedian like Steve Harvey, you know, but at the end of the day, no matter how you want to look at it, if it was a woman sitting up there saying I was 11 years old and the 16 year old boy who's beaten up all the girls, blah, 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 you know, we'd be like, oh my gosh, you're a victim. But because, you know, Steve Harvey is Steve Harvey and people didn't view that story in the position of him being a little boy, they chose to view him as a full grown man. There wasn't that same understanding there and there was no understanding that there is a position of power that was a position of power she was older than him she was bigger than him she was physically aggressive with him um and these are conversations that i feel like we need to continue to have and let men know that you know first of all masculinity is self-defined um you know i'm a woman i am not going to sit here and tell men what it means to be masculine that's <laughs> completely not up to me um but what I do see as an observer is that people are tying masculinity into who they are in such a strong way that they're forgetting to define it themselves. And they're really holding on to those old school values of what it means to be a man, which is you provide and you pull your socks up and you say nothing. And, you know, the suicide rate is as high as it is for men for a reason. And it's because what we're doing as a society isn't working. It's very clear that something is not working here. Um, 
And so I think first things first is we need to let men know that, you know, vulnerability is not weakness. Um, it's not feminine and femininity is not weakness either. It's okay to say, oh my gosh, you know, my girlfriend may be half my size, but when she slaps me in the face, sure, it doesn't really hurt me, but it fucking hurts emotionally. And that is abuse. And it's okay to acknowledge that. That doesn't make you any less masculine. So I'm just going to give you guys a second if anybody wants to hit their speaker button and add any thoughts into this. I'll give you the chance to do so before um, I get into some examples of abuse and how you can tell if you are in an abusive relationship. Hi. Um, I just want to say, first of all, it's really an honor and pleasure to be on the mic with you in the space. I've been following you for a while, saw you were holding this, and I had to jump in. Um, I think one of the things in terms of men recognizing when we're being abused that is very often overlooked is being pressured into sex as adults. Because we're conditioned over the course of our lives to accept sex. It's like we we're supposed to want it. And so if it comes to us, there is literally a pressure from the world and an expectation that we're going to accept. We're going to be grateful for it being offered or in this case imposed. And if we say no and push away, then suddenly either we're weak or we're weird or there's got to be something wrong with us. There's got to be something inherently wrong with the man if he's turning down sex. Um, maybe there's been traumatic experiences in his life. Maybe he's tired and doesn't feel like it. The first partner I ever had, like, I stopped sleeping with her because she was pushing me when I was exhausted. Like, I was too damn tired. And I still went through with it because I was young and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But end of the day, she went home and I ended up sleeping on the couch and then washing my sheets the next morning because I felt dirty and used. And that's something that I know a lot of men go through. And just in terms of examples of abuse and men needing the space to recognize and acknowledge that coercion and the archetype of being the hungry man being the predator, being the aggressor is literally something that shuts down our ability to not only express emotion in the moment, but to even express when we do not want to have affection and we do not want to have that connection. Well, thank you very much for sharing that my goodness that was very very insightful and very um very uh, articulate as well um thank you for sharing and i am really sorry that you went through that you make so so many good points we you know i say it all the time we always talk about how we sexualize young girls but we don't necessarily talk about how we sexualize young boys you know, for example, my late best friend, may he rest in peace, but he has a little baby boy who is the cutest thing ever. 
And when he was over hanging out with me and my female best friend, he would sit in between us, this little cute baby, and his dad would be like, oh, look at you, you ladies, man. You know, you're just drawn to the pretty ladies. And, you know, there's like this drummed up expectation right from little that this is your goal is to get girls. And this is what makes you uh, powerful and admirable. And on a side note to that, it's interesting because when men grow up and they you know, are full grown men and they're out getting lots of ladies, that's something that's frowned upon. So there is this expectation that's placed on guys because society has just tricked ourselves into thinking that guys are always like willing and wanting and, you know, consent doesn't matter because they're always consenting because as a woman, I'm doing him a favor. You know, I'm not sure if you saw on Facebook or YouTube um, the video that I posted just yesterday of this new trend. It's called Pizza Dare and it's where girls order pizza and open the door partially or stark naked to pizza delivery guys, sometimes minors, and they just get their pizza that way. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't even imagine going, delivering my pizza and seeing some like purple headed yogurt slinger in my face. Like, what is this? Oh my gosh. Like he would be put in jail, um, sex offender registry. There would be a lawsuit. I would be suing, uh, I would be suing my company, (laughs) like, you know, but there's, there's no thought of that. And, you know, somebody commented on their subreddit, they said, as somebody who is a man and who years ago woke up to a girl I didn't know having sex with me, this would have triggered me and triggered a really negative response out of me. And so it's, it's interesting because as women, we talk very loudly about how you know, men don't really understand boundaries and consent. And I do agree to some level because I think that our conversations about consent are so minimal. Um, But we never, at the same time, like we're not even talking to our daughters about consent. We're not even talking to them about, you know, um, boundaries and to respect men's bodies just as much as our own. And so when we do this, we build this space for not only men to be victimized, but for women to, and predators, like not women, sorry, because women are not the ones doing this, you know, it's predators. So for these predators to get away with it. And then you have guys who say things like, oh, I wish somebody would open the door naked, or, you know, I wish my babysitter molested me. And, you know, you don't know who's seeing that comment. You don't know who's seeing these videos who now think to themselves, well, oh shit, am I wrong for feeling this way? You know, well, fuck, if I shouldn't be violated, does this mean it's not violating if I crawl into a girl's bed and start touching her without consent? You know what I mean? It's a very dangerous, dangerous rhetoric. So yeah, I'm just gonna let anybody else jump in and just go check on my little kidling really quick. Well, I'll jump on the mic since uh, we don't have anyone else up here. Um, definitely got to agree with you, Chloe, because not just rhetoric, social standards that apply to men and women and the way that that 
is expressed within a legal format. Um, statistically speaking, only about 25 to 30% of reported sex crimes where there is a female offender actually go through to prosecution. You're looking at the male side, it's more like 80. Difference when there's consideration of the harm done, someone is being violated simply because of being male. That in and of itself invalidates the experience of trauma within the eyes of most societies. Um, I can't even say it's just American society because it seems to be something that spreads across cultures globally. And one of the things that I definitely think is necessary in terms of shifting this conversation is bringing more, more of an understanding to the full spectrum of emotion and experience that men have. Because we've been taught that the only acceptable emotions are aggression and arousal, whether it's sports, um, whether it's business, personal relationships, we basically have aggression and arousal as our two modes of acceptable and aggression and be joking, be um, exercising, but it still comes through as aggression in one form or another. And as we look at how society has changed over the last several decades. One thing that I find very interesting, especially being a cisgender, mostly heterosexual man that was raised by lesbians, um, I see that there's been a huge shift in the way that power operates in the world. Men still hold the most political power but when it comes to being able to make an accusation, when it comes to being able to break someone down, destroy someone's world, that power lies in the hands of women, 100% and completely. And it's a very interesting juxtaposition where women have actually taken over, in many ways, some of the negative elements of toxic masculinity, of imposing force, imposing one's will, both in terms of individual relationships and in terms of shaping social perceptions. And I would love to see a dialogue start to emerge where we really have the true essence of feminism as it was developed in the beginning, equality, not women trying to be as hard as men, as aggressive as men, as merciless as men, but all people being able to simply love, respect and value one another for our inherent worth as human beings. And that's something that we all got to get over a lot of trauma to be able to do. Yeah, I I agree with you a lot. There's a lot of stuff that you ouch, that you said there that I agree with, um, especially with, uh, you know, young boys being at risk. Um, you know, like the way that feminism has shifted and, you know, it's kind of that whole, the grass is greener on the other side, right? We think, I hear people say a lot, you know, women or feminism is encouraging women to be like men, you know what I mean? And to me, that's never really made a whole lot of sense because for me, I don't have 
a specific definition of like men. What does it mean to be man? Because then it's like, you know, I'm shoving them in a box. But at the same time, um, there's nothing. I, I, I feel like if women, I feel like what women are not seeing is that, like I said, the grass is greener on the other side thing. They're saying, well, you know, men are, um, they're praised for being, uh, you know, loud for being, um, uh, not abrasive is not the word, but like assertive, you know what I mean? And so I think that there's like a miscommunication about, you know, women want to be men. What it really is, is that they're, they're trying to shift and find a way where they fit so that they can be treated like kind of the same. And that's something that I understand in aspects of, you know, I grew up around a lot of guys, but I also grew up a street kid, you know, getting into a lot of trouble. And as a woman who was surrounded by a lot of men in a pretty criminally inclined world, I had to change the way that I spoke, the way that I dressed and the way that I acted um, just to be accepted and respected. Because if I was walking around with like TNA pants and you know, uh, my makeup and lashes done to the nines. And, you know, like, I, there's no way that I would have gotten the respect that I had. And that's unfortunate, because there's, you know, it wouldn't have made my personality any differently. But I did have to kind of morph myself into, you know, wearing more androgynous clothes, um, you know, not really wearing makeup, just doing these things where it wasn't so my femininity wasn't so pronounced. And that's actually why I have all of my tattoos, um, which most of them I got as a minor. And it's because I just didn't want people to see a pretty face and I wanted to be taken seriously. It may have not been the best way to go about it. But you know, that was my position. So I think it's not so much that women are like wanting to be men, it's that they just want to be accepted on that level. But with that being said, women also need to understand what it means to be a man. And that's not something that we can understand unless we listen, because we're not men. We don't know what it's like to walk around and, you know, have people assume that you're guilty. We don't know what it's like to walk beside our children and have people think that you're a kidnapper. Like, we just don't have, we don't share these same experiences and so I think if men and women were just to talk to each other rather than it being this whole like competition I think I think we could get to like a, a much better place as a society and men as well I hear men saying things like well you know um, uh, emotions are you know that's feminine and it's like well if that's what you believe based off of what society's told you that's fair but if you also respect and value women as equals, well, what's wrong with that? You know what I mean? But because society has driven such a nail into this difference between men and women, there's a huge misunderstanding um, when it comes to how men feel emotions, how they think about their sex drive, as well as um, you know how they are as victims. Most people are completely unaware that from ages, I believe it's three to five or five to seven, boys are at a much higher risk of being molested. Um, 
than girls are. We even look at the data for the domestic violence rate. They say that the domestic violence rate is like, what were they saying, 70-20? That is completely false. It has been unequivocally proven that domestic violence rates are 50-50. So women are just as, if not more, violent as men. So it's just it's just very interesting that I think men and women have a very strong misunderstanding of what it means to be feminine and masculine. And I think instead of trying to compete with each other and just listen to each other, I think we could all like live in this balanced space. But I see a few people requesting and my daughter is calling me. So I'll turn off my mic and allow these people to join. Looking forward to having these brothers in the mic. Um, I wanted to jump in real quick and just and clarify a little. I don't think women are trying to be like men. I think that there's actually a, a strange social construct that's been created that, like you said, even in your own experience, there was the necessity to adopt all of these traits, to take on the tattoos, to take on a rough attitude, to do various things in order to be protected within your own world. And that same same reality goes for the academic world, the business world, the sports world. Um, it's, it's almost that there's an imposition to take on masculine traits, whether one wants them or not, to be accepted. And I think that in and of itself is exceptionally destructive because it, it focuses on all of the most aggressive and competitive elements of masculinity instead of bringing in the nurturer, the guardian, the the caring side and really both everyone being able to express and explore the truth of their own experience and gender is one of the most important things to be able to get past these and i'll uh, go on mute because we got skull and gerald go ahead skull you guys hear me yes i can and thank you for that insight um we're, we're talking about when when guys are abused um, as as younger younger boys, um, it, it it translates very roughly to when they're adults. Um, I myself was I'm not I'm not really you know that good looking, so uh, when I would try to approach approach girls. Um, it didn't go very well. Uh, oftentimes, oftentimes just standing there in line, you know, at lunch and trying to get your food. Uh, my glasses were broken sometimes. So I'd be trying to squint and, and see the menu. And then I'd get, I'd get this there'd be this misunderstanding that I'd be staring at someone and there'd be like this weird tension. I even got yelled at once, but that, um, that kind of fucks with you a little bit, you know, because you're supposed to be born with like this, this amount of like base confidence as a guy. Like there's just like, I don't know, like maybe, like a, it's like a game stat. Like you're you're born with like 10, 10 confidence, and then it builds as you get older. That 
that shit kind of drops you down to zero sometimes, especially when it happens a lot like it did with me. Uh, but you don't, you don't really, you don't really have that confidence when you get, get older because if no one's there to like, you know, build you up, like, like most girls have girlfriends and all that, you don't, if you don't have many friends that are like, yeah, you know, do you, don't worry about what they're doing and all that shit doesn't really come back, you know, and it gets harder and harder because you're supposed to be able to approach, you're supposed to have that game, you're supposed to have that confidence, but if you don't have that confidence, then you're low-key fucked. Um, but, and then it's 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 like the worst time for it to happen especially in these times because like you guys said women are you know under some some kind of pressure to become more aggressive and they they end up you know attacking the wrong people like chloe often says um you're supposed to um, attack the issue, you know, not, not the, not the gender. Um, shit. Yeah, yeah, thank that, you. That's all I got. Thanks a lot for sharing. I thought that that was really insightful. There's two other people here that, um, want to get added into. So I just want to say this really quickly. Um, it can be like probably the most disheartening thing to, oh, I think someone's mic's on. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it can be the most, um, like, like it can be really dehumanizing, I could imagine, as a man to, you know, just kind of walk through society, especially if you've been victimized by women and like have women target you as just like this guilty monster specifically because you have a Peter that just doesn't make any sense to me. And I could imagine the amount of like hurt and confusion that you would walk around with, because I feel a sense of it in the regards of, you know, it's, it's really not like, you're really not seen as a victim if your perpetrator is a woman and that and that's legal that's under the legal definition of abuse in the uk that you are not a victim if your perpetrator is a woman it doesn't matter if you're a woman being sexually assaulted or sorry it was rape it was the definition of rape um it doesn't matter like you cannot be raped by a woman under the legal definition in the uk law and as somebody myself you know i live in canada but it's that whole societal view, right? And it's as somebody who has been victimized more times by women than by men, I'm kind of stuck feeling like, cool, thanks. You know what I mean? Or when people call me a pick me girl or just say, you know, I'm just looking for male validation. And it's like, do you think that, do you think that female abusers only abuse men? Do you think that they don't target children, other women, elders? Uh, you know what I mean? And so, there is this kind of pattern that's starting to happen where just like you said, you know, how I always say, treat the issue, not the gender. I find that there's a lot of women walking around carrying other women's trauma on their shoulders. 
you know, they'll hear, you know, that their friends have been sexually assaulted. And so they walk around and treat men like shit or they they live somebody else's trauma. And it's you we really need to differentiate the monster from like the genitals because there is a huge difference. But I'm just going to add these other two speakers in. I think Gerald was uh, next on the mic. Thank you, my man. Uh, to speak on Enoch's first point and a few more points that have come out recently is uh, biologically men have always been the hunters. Like, where are the ones going out killing the animals to bring them home? And so there's always that innate violence that is always there for men. Uh, when two men are having a conversation, if it ever heats up there's always the risk of violence or the threat of it uh we are seen as aggressive creatures and for the most part we are we understand that which is why for the most part uh most confrontations don't escalate any further because it's more of uh working with personal de-escalation techniques to not get in a fight with this guy you know uh but when it comes to dealing with some women who when they get aggressive or like an ex-girlfriend of mine I was with for seven years, uh, she'd get very confrontational and I would immediately revert into my standard of de-escalation, but where she doesn't quite have the same understanding, I guess, that a man does for that kind of shit, it can lead to receiving violence in a situation where <sighs> it's tough. It's tough. Thank you. Thank you for the platform. Sorry, I'm jumping in before you, but I gotta, I gotta speak to Gerald because I feel you. Like I, I'm autistic. When I was a kid, I had really a lot of anger issues and how, learning how to express my anger and dealing with communication, and that was just put on me as being a young black man. No one knew I was autistic. It was the '90s. That shit wasn't being diagnosed for kids that were reading at a college level. You know, Sheldon Cooper was not a concept at that point. It was all Rain Man. And I learned to de-escalate. I learned to do it with myself. I learned to do it in communication with other men. And that is something I never thought about it before, but that actually has backfired in terms of relationships because I'm always on that point of de-escalation. And it has ended up with me being yelled at and having things thrown at me and having girls literally cut their wrists when I have an anxiety attack. I had a girlfriend cut her fucking wrist because I had an anxiety attack about work. Didn't touch her, didn't talk to her, but she pulled that and then said, this is your fault. You have to take Shit, care. Shit, man. I'm sorry you had to go through something like that. Dude, that, dude, that's wild. What the hell? I just yeah. wanted to touch on what I think it was Gerald. Um, he said something about, uh, you know, men and women being biologically uh, like bigger than women because they were hunters and gatherers or hunters, I think he said. Um, that's actually a really big misconception. If you go back through the um, 
uh, like the development and uh, what's that called? Does anybody know the word when you're, uh, when your body adapts through time to things? What's evolution. It evolution. Thank you. <laughs> at, at the beginning of the evolution, um, you know, we find that the, um, the male and female specimens are actually the same size and where they started to, where women started to become biologically smaller was around the time where they started to discover um, humans doing things like burying their young, because that wasn't something we always did. And so that showed uh, not only like evolution in that regard, but also how we felt about each other and, you know, the emotions that we had for each other. And so to me, that speaks very loudly because as human beings or homo sapiens, whatever we were at that point, as we were, as we were building our emotional connection to each other, um, you know, women started becoming smaller and staying home. And that speaks to me like maybe those men had some emotion and some care and said, hey, we got this. You know what I mean? And it's been somehow um, kind of misconstrued into this like, you know, women are the emotional ones and men are the strong ones. And it's like, well, I think that men are actually both and women are both as well, because in a lot of indigenous cultures, like women are hunters and gatherers as well, always have been. And so I think it's really interesting, you know, when you take that expectation off gender is the difference you can see. Um, just really lastly, quickly, as an example, I have a St. Bernard who's a girl and based off of the puppy food guide or whatever, she's supposed to get less food because she's a female and she's supposed to be smaller, but I'm feeding her the exact same that a male puppy would be fed and she's just as healthy and the same size. So it's interesting how these kind of ideologies are pushed into society. And if we break past that barrier, the expectations that can be, you know, like exceeded. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Chloe. And, you know, when we look at archeological records and paleontological records, it is interesting to see that the earliest specimens of hominids did have very similar body types in terms of size and build. And it was when there started to be a divergence, like you said, in cultural patterns that we also saw a divergence in the physical specimen. And that, that could be one way or the other, a matter of the emotional development causing there to be a shift or vice versa. Um, but in terms of there being societies throughout history where there's a reversal in that hunter-gatherer um, paradigm, 100% correct. Like there's many indigenous societies, for instance, in um, Aboriginal society in Australia, the men would be fishermen. They would go out and they would try and catch some fish, but they might not. Or they would go on a long, long hunt for a kangaroo. But the women would hunt lizards. They would hunt the reptiles. And so women were bringing in the daily food while men were bringing in the big score. And it was a balance. There's never been in an indigenous society an all or nothing for men or women. Everything is always balanced. 
in a healthy and harmonious way. And that's something that has been broken down in industrial and urbanized society. Um, and I want to acknowledge Daniel because you got your hand up, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you much. And well, just before what was mentioned, uh, actually, I think you mentioned it, Chloe, regarding um, how, it's, how it's called um, well, boundaries, in fact. Uh, problem there is, especially, uh, well, with those cases mentioned, when uh, the, well, boys, yeah, were taken advantage of and actually uh, then, uh, in fact, actually throughout even years learned that, well, there's someone literally there who can uh, use my body as much as she pleases, if not, then worse will come. So as such, yeah, well, in that regard, then you kind of lose yourself. Literally. Well, it sounds like you may be speaking from experience. And if you are, I just want to say that I am so, so sorry. My grandmother from the age of 3 to 15. Pardon me? My grandmother from the age of, from 3 till 15. Oh, I'm really sorry. It happened to me by my older adopted brother from age 4 until 11. Mm, sorry to hear and that. So I understand what you mean when you say that it, you know, it takes a part of you. There's a lot of it that's that's robbed. And, you know, on that aspect, as a girl, it's perfectly okay for me to say, you know, I didn't get to lose my virginity on my own terms. But when a guy says that, you know, in a lot of cases, it's like, okay, uh, and... Actually, well, so that, it's, uh, don't, so that we don't get into something which wasn't happening. They were actually just, well, uh, touches. Right. Touches and uh, rubbing alcohol used and, uh, well, basically pain. Well, I am very sorry that you went through that. And I really admire your ability to be able to speak about it here. And I just want you to know that this is 100% a safe space and we all support you. And I think, you know, even if there's some people here who may not understand, you know, I think that they're, you know, very willing to listen. And I just want you to know that you, you know, as, you know, somebody who experienced something similar, I want you to know that that person does not own your body. And as hard as that may seem to understand, you, like that is, that is yours. And whenever you're ready, just tell yourself, this is mine and it doesn't belong to anybody anymore. I'm taking control of it now. That's what helped me a lot. Well, that's the thing. She's not there anymore, and also a lot of years have passed since then. Well, also interesting enough uh, how the psyche works, uh, that a lot of it was actually really buried deep down until 
the I would say even right psychologists come uh, came into sorry well, I didn't hear so that to say into, into so to say into into play and uh, there actually was even even another thing and I have to really acknowledge also other uh, other experiences of other guys. Uh, uh, hey, I couldn't hear vast, that last vastly, bit. Vastly, dif- sure vastly different in, a sto- in stories, but uh, on the other hand, uh, one very common uh, similarity that uh, basically, yeah, as men we are called like, yeah, that it is actually one that we are kind of supposed to want it. Yeah, consent seems to be forgotten when it comes to boys. PM, I see you got your hand up. What's happening, fam? Okay, first of all, I want to say that I'm glad I'm not the only one on the spectrum here. So shout out to you, Enoch. That's what I can see from your name right there. That's right. Yeah. Shout out to you, man. <laughs> um, so in terms of the topic and um, discussion at hand here, I think, I personally think um, the biggest problem overall, probably for many generations, is uh communication and that boils down to lack of communication or miscommunication like i'll say for example uh sometimes with some (laughs) beckys as chloe calls them sometimes um those type of women i've i've had a change of heart in terms of not generalizing them overall because um my own mother went through some terrible stuff when she was younger and now she has a you know a bad perception of men except for me and then and my brother so she loves both of us all her heart but with the stuff that's happened to her when she was younger it's it's um it's caused her a lot of trauma in her past and so so now i understand with some of these women now why they might react that way to all men because of some traumatic things that happen, but but I also agree at the same time that doesn't excuse them choosing not to get help to heal themselves from the inside. And to, last thing I'll t- last thing I'll add is um, I'm a supposedly a decent looking man. I've been told by my mother and a lot of people, but and I've had I've had two instances where these women basically either directly said or hinted that they wanted to sleep with me on the first date. And I said no to to both of them. And I'm also a virgin. So you can imagine the amount of self-control I have on myself right now. And I'm, I'm almost 25. So you can imagine. Good for you. That is admirable as fuck. I just want you to know I'm clapping for you. I will not interrupt anymore. <laughs> oh, thank you, Chloe. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, um, going forward, we just need and I think communication patterns are growing. We just need to have less miscommunication with each other so that the right message can get to the right people. And then we can, you know, be better humans overall. And that's my spiel. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Just really quickly before I didn't actually, it's my first time doing this. So I didn't realize when people put their hand up, <laughs> that that's what they were doing. So I'm so sorry if I seemed rude. Um, but just really quickly. Um, yeah, you know, I always say when people have strong reactions to other people or a demographic of people, 
it's usually due to past trauma and it's okay to change your routines or, you know, even feel differently or have a higher guard up after you've had a traumatic experience. But what people need to remember, and we can all do a better job as a society is like, you know, maybe recognizing that these people, these Beckys, as I call them, have these, have these adverse reactions to men because of past experiences and acknowledging that for them, but then, you know, encouraging them to come into the realm of, you know, please understand that this is not, like, this is an issue of, like, a person, a personality, like an asshole, not people with penises, you know? Yeah, that's my, that's my spiel. Amen, on all counts. Um, and also, I want to just get take a moment to acknowledge Daniel because I did not acknowledge you after you spoke and I'm sorry for that brother um, you know when we're looking at abuse in all forms you know especially early childhood abuse that stays with you a long time and it is a immense burden but a powerful journey to be able to find a way to free yourself of the shadows and the shackles of the people that abused you and find your strength and your power in your own right. And that can happen at any age. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how long a person's been dead and gone. The power is in your hands. And learning that is one of the most important steps that anyone can take in healing from abuse, whether they're male or female. Um, and just much love, brother, much support. And, you know, definitely PM in terms of what you were saying. It is very difficult to be a young man. I'm 35 now. And it's very difficult when you're in your 20s to turn something down. Especially if you're on the spectrum because then you're wondering even more, like the, the process of figuring something out is even harder. So I really need to applaud you and give you your flowers and kudos because that discipline and that strength at this point is going to help you find a partner that will love you, that will be able to honor you and see you for who you are and give you the support you need in return for the support that you naturally are going to give them. So I keep agree. Your head yeah, yeah, exactly. And in terms of those, as I mentioned, those two women I turned down, I mainly did it because I did not want to be labeled accused of being a rapist later. I was thinking ahead of time. I was thinking long terms, like, okay, if I say yes to these <laughs> Beckys now to sex on the first date, they're going to turn it against me. I just feel it. So, yeah, exactly. I'm Eventually, I want a partner who's, you know, got loyalty, honesty, and, you know, trust. That's, I don't think that's hard to ask. And it's just, if they can't give that to me, then not moving on to the next one. No, no dick. No, no dick. No, no dick. Exactly, Chloe. Exactly. And, <laughs> and a safety precaution to protect your dick. It is very easy with a smartphone to just say, look, I need 
a video where you're saying you consent to having sex with me. That's all. I just need you to record this video real quick and say that you consent on this date to having sex with me. I and then we're good. There was a video saying. that. But it doesn't work because consent can be withdrawn at any point. Oh, yeah. This is that, true. That, that, that can happen, yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that because I was like, what if I cultivated, like, an app or something <laughs> where it's like everybody is kept safe? Her, him. Um, but because consent can be withdrawn at – oh, tumbling baby – because with uh, consent can be withdrawn at any point. Um, she could say yes on camera and then five minutes later feel uncomfortable. You not respect that. Not that you would, but you know, you being, you know, said person in the situation. And then, you know, then you've got on camera that she said yes. And then here she's been traumatized and not validated. So that's, you know, I thought about that though. <laughs> that is true. And that also works in the reverse. Cause if someone, got me like that and then i said you know what i'm really not feeling this five minutes in i wouldn't want them being like nope you consented it's on camera you've got to fuck me now like the issue not the gender i think board has had his hands up for a while him or her sorry <laughs> board do you uh, completely okay i did have a question chloe real quick would you mind if i ran a quick experiment uh is it appropriate Yes. Yes, okay, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I just, out of a show of hands in this little group that we have, how many people here have been told, be a man? Like, I man up. I, do I the thing. I think everybody's hands should go up. <laughs> Aren't you supposed right. to act and, like a man? Yeah, I'm surprised. And see, that's the thing. That was my little experiment. Everyone's been told that whether it be parents or relationship partners. And I feel like that might be the most detrimental phrase that we have in today's society is like, man up, do the thing. Your feelings aren't valid. Just keep going. No matter what, be a man. Yeah, that phrase yeah. is subjective nowadays. Well, yeah, because what does it even mean to be a man? I think I was thinking about this either last night or this morning while I was doing laundry, actually, that exact phrase, man up. Um, I was, it was last night because I was watching Dr. Phil and he said, man up to somebody. And I said, you know, thinking to myself, I was like, what does that, what does that mean? Because, you know, like as, as a woman, when I hear the term man up from my perspective, it's said to a man at a time where he's being either like encouraged or told to do the right thing. So when, when people say like man up, you know, my brain, I'm always like double standarding things. I'm like, what's the, what's the inverse of that? And it's like, well, do what, what it, what's woman up? Does that mean, you know, is there such, cause I've never, nobody's ever told me to woman up. Um, so does that mean that, you know, that men are supposed to like always have the answers always, you know, just know what they're doing. And like, the answer is yes, that's exactly the expectation. But the inverse of that is that, you know, women are kind of um, infantilized and also not recognized when they do, you know, man up, so to speak, whatever the fuck that means. I don't even, what does that mean to you guys? That's, that, that's one thing I'm, I'd be really interested as a woman to hear. What does man up mean to you when somebody says that to you? 
Well, and see, growing up, hearing that from my family, it was generally a way to invalidate how you felt about a certain situation. It's man up. Doesn't really matter. Put your feelings aside. You're fine. Keep going. And as uh, Enoch said, I believe, or I don't remember who said that it is subjective, you are correct. It is subjective. But the problem is when it comes to a societal standard, it means, well, at least in my experience, means your feelings don't really matter. You just got to keep going. Doesn't matter what happened, who did what, just keep moving forward. And that's my piece. That's very sad. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I could, ex- I could accept the um, perspective of man up in terms of not giving up on life, generally speaking, but when it comes to when a man is feeling down on his luck or if he's something bad happened to him in his life in my opinion it's probably not the best time to use that phrase it's because you can't keep things bottled up because if you keep things bottled up then you release your emotions on the wrong person probably and that's there's my spiel on that so oh sorry go ahead (laughs) i was gonna say i completely agree with you on that but being raised in the 90s as a latchkey kid it was Man up, deal with it. It doesn't really matter how you feel. It just matters what you do. So as long as you don't lose your shit on people, you're fine. It doesn't matter what you think. doesn't matter what you feel. I was growing up with parents who are like, yeah, you have severe depression, but nothing's wrong with you. You don't need medication. You're fine. You'll be fine. It's fine. Man up so, me basically means to just white knuckle it through life, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how exhausted you might be, no matter how much those back-to-back-to-back shifts are killing you, just white-knuckle it. You have to keep going. Exactly. And like I was asking, just how many people have had that used against them by said friends or family or romantic interests being like, just man up, you're fine. And it's like, well, geez, okay, I guess what I feel or think doesn't matter as long as I'm providing something for you. And at the end of that, it just makes you feel expendable yeah i i made a video on this the i think it was yesterday or two days ago this girl made this this video and she was like remember when men used to go to war and now they buy bubblegum flavored vape juice or something and i'm like i made a video and i was like isn't it funny how men are more valued by sacrificing their mental health, their position at home and in their community, their lives, than just being themselves and be happy, like buying bubblegum flavored vape juice. Like literally who cares? It, it's the saddest thing in the world to me. I could never, you know, I, oh yes, you're so happy. I have a lot on my plate, right? Like I, you know, I work from home. I do this. I provide for my family. I'm the financial provider. I'm a clean freak. So I'm always cleaning. And I am as a woman, I'm allowed to have a bad day. I couldn't imagine how well, well, I kind of grew up like that. So I can't imagine, but not to the fullest extent, I can't understand what it's like to just not be allowed to have a bad day. And if you are, you need to express that in anger. But if you express that in anger, you're abusive. So like, it's man, like no wonder the suicide rate is so high, honestly. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to matter what you do. Man up for most guys means, well, just deal with your emotions. You're fine. 
bottle it up. You'll be okay. You know, go punch a tree. You're good. Also, feelings are not gender specific. Feelings are and emotions are human nature. Man, female, they, them, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's part of being a human. Even Indeed. flowers have emotions. All things are connected. All things have emotions. And I know Daniel is probably having some emotions because he's had his hand up for like, I don't know, seven, ten minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Holla holler at my man and see what you're feeling. Sorry, it's more like that. I just don't want to disturb and interrupt. So hence why, yeah, just given a notice that, yeah, uh, there's something that uh, definitely uh, is up, uh, would be willing to mention or to put into the circle. Well, in regards to the terms of like, yeah, to man up, um, I can't, I actually even lost, lost count how many times I have heard that. Was from family, my father, my mother, my siblings, uh, even from my wife. Well, she's not here yet, but uh, still. Mm, even psychologist. David actually heard the heard also the most, and uh, well, maybe not that much used in uh, uh, America, like the USA and Canada, but uh, and well, definitely not in Europe. That's that's definite. Where I, yeah, I come from, where where where, from? Where, uh, where I come from, but uh, yeah, Slovakia. Oh, okay, okay. I'm from Romania, so I. I have a bit of, yeah, an understanding of the difference. And yeah, men are, you know, there's so much of it in, in my culture, like just being Romney, there's a huge, there's so much toxic, I don't like the word toxic masculinity, because I think it's just misandry and masculinity is not toxic. But there's a lot of toxic expectations of what it means to be a man and a woman in our culture, like like really bad to the point where like gypsy women, you know, we're supposed to have long hair, but we're not supposed to put our hair up in a ponytail in front of men because our hair is our strength. And there's no fucking way that we're gonna be vulnerable and weak in front of men. It's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, mm, yeah it's I do. very interesting. And on that, well, kind of almost the same same regard, not only in regards to hair, but actually to regards to clothing. Well, you see, my wife, uh, she's from uh, New Zealand. And as such, when I was there, I learned a bit of their culture and I found it actually quite interesting and I have to admit comfortable, the clothing that uh, Samoans are, are wearing. Maybe you have heard of it, the term of uh, lava lava? Yes. Yeah. Uh, after the surgery, which actually, in fact, uh, happened lately, but as a consequence of uh, yeah that uh, abuse that I went through. Uh, so, in fact, well, yeah, I have to admit, I just can't. As for now, I can't wear pants, no matter what. I just can't. It's just painful. So I started wearing that. My wife actually dearly appreciated because, uh, yeah, of course, it's from her where she comes from, and uh, that, that she came living with me. So, uh, yeah, I kind of brought a bit of culture here uh, to Slovakia where she was, like with us when uh, she flew uh, has flown with me here 
need to live here. But geez, did I get abused because of that? Because I'm wearing it. Even my psychologist, she was like, um, are you now a transgender or what? I was like, um, pardon, no. In certain parts, that's a completely normal uh, unisex clothing. Daniel, I don't mean to cut you off, brother, but I feel you. Um, I don't feel the, the pain of having to have to wear a different kind of clothing because of surgery. But just if you have ever, if a therapist ever comes at you again like that, point out the Sumerians wore robes. All no Chinese pain. wear, all like Asian cultures wore robes. Greeks, mm -hmm. yeah, true. Romans, togas, the Scottish, kilts, like men kilts like are to comfortable. dangle, okay? There's nothing wrong with dangling. It's a nice breeze. Well, that's the thing. Even then, uh, later the urologist told me, like, yeah, well, uh, actually, all power to you, uh, especially in the culture where we are, but uh, uh, health-wise, I applaud you. You are doing actually something amazing for, uh, amazing for uh, yeah, your parts down there. Yeah, so, it sounds it sounds like sounds like a breeze, no pun intended. <laughs> well Yeah, but in fact and then yeah, of course my family then especially start uh, started asking like what the heck is happening? And it was actually then that was the last time when they told me like, yeah, man up, just uh, take it, take it as it is, and uh, deal with it, and uh, even don't embarrass us came out. That's so with, with what like, with what I'm with what I'm wearing. That's so and invalidating. See, and see, that was my entire point. Who's really being more of the man here? That's my question. Who's being more courageous? Who's being more exactly. vulnerable to themselves? Who is being more authentic to their own needs and standing up for their own autonomy, Bad. for their body, for their sovereignty? Yes. You're the one who's manning up right now. And they're the ones who, quite frankly, are trying to follow all the bullshit standards. Like, yes. you're manning up Thank big, you. man. A million times, yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, again, I'm a woman, so I can't speak to what is manly or what makes somebody a man. But, you know, as a woman who is attracted to men, there is nothing more attractive than a man who is authentic rather than one who, you know, um, like listens to the rest of, of society. And not to say that, you know, the ones who don't listen aren't you know, any less admirable, it's very hard to stand up against literally an entire society and say, go fuck yourself. Like, that's very hard to do. <laughs> yeah, true. Very hard. But yeah, so I think that I'm going to, this has been up for one hour already. I think I'm going to close the Twitter space. Does anybody have any last thoughts before we go? Anybody who didn't get a chance to speak? Simon's had his hand up for a good minute. Yeah, Simon. Thank you very much. Uh, just uh, 
clarify, yes, women can't get done for rape in the UK, as that's where I live. Uh, yes, I've heard man up all my life, as I was born in the 70s. Even to this day, my dad still tells me to man up. It's just one of those things. It's put your emotions aside, shut up whinging, get on with life. Carry on, get your head down, carry on, as he would put it. But yeah, uh, to go back to the being, being hurt men, do you know, baby, being abused? Yes, somebody like me, I'm not a very confident person, never have been, not really. I've, I've been there, seen it, done it, got T-shirts, been in the army, done all that. I'm still not a very confident man when it comes to talking to women, never have been. But uh, yeah, I know what it's like being abused off my partner I was with for 15 years. Uh, and I knew I was being abused, but as, as the saying still goes, man up. So I just put up with it and just carried on going. I won't get into details of everything, but uh, yeah, that's my uh, 10 penneth on it. hope everybody appreciates what I've said. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Definitely appreciate your insight. 100% Simon. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you being here, sharing your vulnerability. Um, you know, I've, I've known a lot of people from the UK. I've known many regional accents, and I know the energy that comes with being a man in different regions. So I know that even stepping up and speaking is one of those things that is not an easy thing where you're from and where you've been raised. So I honor your vulnerability and your strength for stepping up. And I want to thank you, Chloe, for hosting this space, for coming out. I know you said it's your first time hosting a Twitter space. It was a joy, a pleasure, an honor to be here with you. Um, and I, I want to, I want to invite you. I sent you a DM, but I want to invite you and really anyone who needs to have some some space to just talk about feelings. Um, there's a space I normally join in on every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific standard time that's a mental health monday space um the host is a young woman in miami co-host is a older woman from i don't know where but they're both wonderful people it's a safe space it's a very loving and supportive space and i think that it's just a great place to continue conversations about healing and growth um so I thank you everyone. Be interested in joining And we'd love to have you there. Okay. Well, oh, go ahead. Uh, speaking of spaces, uh, Chloe, are we going to be able to view the recording of this space uh, later on? Uh, how long is it going to be up? Yes, I'm going to post it. I also, I don't know how to transition it, but I will transition it to uh, my podcast and uh, my YouTube as long as everybody here is okay with it. I know you guys shared some pretty personal stuff. So if you guys... If any of you want your names to be blocked out or have a voice changer over your voice, or if you guys would just feel comfortable if I didn't post it at all, please let me know. I'm good here. Anybody else? Speak all now forever. I'm fine with it. If my truth helps other people, other men find the strength to speak their truth, then let it be out there. 
Same here. I have no objections. Preach. Well, thank you to everybody. And that was actually going to be a part of my ending thought is um, every one of you here who shared your story and, you know, came forward being vulnerable. It means so much to I know so many people who probably listen today or will listen in the future um, because, you know, as you guys know, vulnerability can be very difficult and leading by example is the best way to affect that change. So I just wanted to really, really thank you guys. And I really honor and respect every single one of you. And um, another final closing thought is um, if anybody is uncertain, just because this one was about abuse, I just want to touch very quickly on, um, you know, what, like what abuse can look like in a relationship. Um, Cause sometimes not a lot of guys know. So it is abuse if you constantly find yourself walking on eggshells around her. That is a very good indication that something is wrong. So if that sticks out to you, then keep listening. If she is slapping, kicking, or spitting at you, if she's throwing things at you, if she's slamming doors, any loud types of aggression um, is abuse. And Number one, it is a huge red flag for an indication of further abuse. And men are not, um, they're not exempt from being at risk of being killed by their partners. Um, and especially if you're fleeing a domestic relationship from a woman, you are at a very, very high risk of being stalked, of having property damage done to you, and um, potential violence. So, Again, kicking, slapping, name calling, you know, if you find yourself always having just a low confidence, um, you're always wondering, like, what did I do wrong? Is it me? It's probably not you if every single time it's you, if you understand what I mean there. Um, if you guys have any more questions as well, I will be doing a longer video on this today on some red flags of abuse that may not you know, quite be known to people. I'm learning new things every day myself. So yeah, thank you everybody who joined and listened. And um, I'm really excited to do this again. I'm not sure when I'm gonna do it again, maybe on Friday or Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna close it up for now. And thank you to everybody. Remember, give these Beckys no dick. No dick. No dick. <laughs>